Well, hello, family. Great to be with you. We are back for our second edition of the Extended Cup. Pastor Chris, how you doing? Doing was great. Your weekend? It was great, man. It's uh, it was me and the girls while Bree was uh, at the uh, women's weekend and had a good time. It was a great weekend, but That's was great. glad to have mom back. Yes, I bet. <laughs> I bet. I feel you. And we had no duck football this weekend, so it was a little boring. It was a little bit, college football was not boring, but it just was in Eugene. It's true. Just for our squad. For our squad. Yes. Well, uh, if this is your first time tuning into the Extended Cut, this is a new weekly podcast episode from Grace City Eugene, where we're taking a little bit more time to continue talking about the themes, topics, and ideas uh, that came from our Sunday sermon. So uh, before we go any further, if you haven't taken the time to listen to this Sunday's message, hit pause. Go back, yes. find the message, Thriving in Babylon, Prepare for Battle. And uh, go listen to that, and then you'll be much more fit to tune into this conversation. It'll probably make a little bit more sense. So are you saying if they don't listen to it, they are unfit to listen to this message? Uh, potentially. <laughs> All right. Potentially. No pressure. Uh, so yeah, there's your warning. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's start just by recapping. It's been a few days by now. Uh, let's let's just talk for a couple minutes here about what what we talked about on Sunday. Yeah, what we talked about on Sunday. So, kind of the big idea of this Sunday is um, talking about trials, hardship, and suffering, and that they happen. They're a necessary part of the curriculum of life, if you will. Ever since Adam and Eve failed their test, and uh, uh, from that, we talked about counterfeit faith and how it is especially deceptive, and some of the pitfalls of that. Um, in that, we, we discussed that um, as we are going through trials and, and hardships and suffering, that we may be, be pushed to our limits, but we will never be pushed past our limits. And we used uh, Job as an example of that, that um, you know God, even with Satan on, in the Job situation, he set parameters, and um, that, that God protects us from being pushed over our limits. Um, and that was an uh, you know, encouraging thing, I think, for me. And thinking through that, because sometimes it can feel like, ah, I'm about to break, right. but just knowing like God's got us, um, and don't quit, persevere, all that good stuff. So we worked through that, and we talked about how also we will fail at times, and we will drop the ball or not maybe live up to the standards we would like to see ourselves live up to when it comes to our trials and our sufferings and the hardships we encounter. Um, and that's okay. A lot of heroes of the faith and people in the Bible that were counted as righteous men and women of God did, in fact, do that. But the counterfeit faith stays down, yeah. and genuine faith gets back up. It finishes. It does not quit. Yeah. And then in the latter part of the message, we talked about the five essential qualities to thrive in Babylon, those being obedience, perspective, having a broader perspective of what's going on, endurance, not quitting, finishing the race, and then confidence and courage. And we ended uh, pondering over Hebrews 12, 11, and 12, and it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, rather. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And I just found a lot of comfort in that as we repondered that in the context of living in or thriving in Babylon and that God has a plan and he hasn't forgotten you. No matter what you have went through, are going through, or will go through, God has not forgotten you and he has a plan. And that's a real quick flyby hmm. of, of Sunday. Anything I missed? No, that, that uh, seems to 
Nail it for everything I can recall. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Of those five essential qualities to thrive in Babylon, what one stuck out to you and really, you know, hit the mark as a listener, not as a deliverer of the message? And hopefully it was at least one of them. Yeah. I think um, that final point of confidence and courage mm. really stood out to me as, as just something I've thought through over the past year that's just so necessary in our cultural moment is the willingness to be bold, the willingness to be open, and um, it, it takes courage to to be confident about. And, and I like that those were intertwined mm-hmm. um, because I, I do think that there's just a lot of parallels to, to do that accurately. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and quick note here, we are in a building where there could be a lot of noise, background noise and stuff. We're just going to go. We're going to keep, so keep We're just going to push on. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, confidence and courage. I just think um, we, we do a real disservice to our faith in living in these spaces when we um, are reserved, when we're quiet, when we're timid. Um, we're, we're supposed to be bold about yeah. this. And uh, that's and that's that's really necessary yeah. for, for thriving in yeah. Babylon. Yeah. And the idea that, like, confidence and courage are not developed in comfort. Yeah. You don't get confident about God working out the hard things prior to going through any hard things, right? Like, yeah. you're actually unprepared if you're not experiencing these things. And the confidence in God and his covering and provision and the courage that comes out of that is just remarkable. And so hopefully it helps us to not loathe, as uncomfortable as it may be, to not loathe the trials, the sufferings, the hardships, but to welcome them and see what God can and will yield on the other side of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in that, I just think about the importance of reflecting on yes. past hardships. Um, you see all throughout the, the Old Testament especially is just such a, a practice of God's people to reflect on hardships that God had been faithful uh, to deliver them through, and it, it helped reinstate uh, that courage and confidence that God's got us. We can do this with him. We're not alone in this. God's been faithful in the past. We can be faithful and trust so that good. he's going to carry us through. And So good. Yeah, That's so why I, he kept telling his people, remember, remember, as he brought them yeah. out of sl- the slavery in Egypt. And how many times did he tell his people, remember, I did this. Remember, don't forget, right? And so yep. it's a really good case. Yeah, more than a few times he had to tell them that. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our routine questions here for the week. Let's do it. Uh, first... What was most difficult for you as you were putting together this sermon? Yeah, there is a lot of potential things to put in this sermon. There is a broad scope of the reality of this material in the world we are living in. And so I found it quite challenging to just figure out what and how to fit things. Um, now, you know, we gave it our best shot, and I think that this is cool having this opportunity because there are some things that we can we can dig into. But it's this is such a big topic, such a real, real, very real time topic to to us as a church that um, that it was definitely a challenge. Sure, to sure, so, yeah, yeah. I imagine you know, as great as those five essential qualities are, you probably if you had the time to list out, you probably find five more or ten more, and you know yeah. it. Or go more into depth on some of them. Exactly. Illustrations, some stories. and Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, 
for the sake of time. And we had all the kids in service this week because yeah. it was a family weekend. And so the kids don't want to hear a 20-point sermon or they don't yeah. care about all Pastor Chris's stories. You know, and so there's yeah. that balance as well. Um, just real. trying to keep it concise. That's um, real. All right. Uh, well, what brought you joy in putting together this sermon? You know, sometimes, like, there's just certain things I know that just kind of stick with you that, that you get really passionate or excited about. What was that this last week? Yeah, I think... Um, as I process through those essential qualities to thrive in Babylon and seeing um, hardships and things that myself, my family, our church uh, have have been through, seeing the progressive way in which those yield each other, right? Like obedience then leads itself to perspective. And as you have a broader perspective, it it fuels endurance, right? Yeah. Because you see, you can have a broader context of what's going on. And then all of these things yield confidence and courage, which in turn yield the testifying of your faith and the hope you have in Jesus and all those things. And just seeing how they build and not just, you know, in the story of Daniel or in the context of this message, but in a real way in my life and the life of our church. Um, it, w- it was just fun to reflect, to yeah. remember um, through the lens of, of this, this material. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was really fun. Oh, that's really good. Were there any contextual details that stood out as interesting uh, or things that just mm-hmm. came to mind that maybe you weren't able to dive into, uh, weren't able to expand upon that, that you really were intrigued by or interested about? Yeah, I think there were a couple, if I had the time, um, would have liked to go into giving names to some of the counterfeit faiths or, or mm-hmm. aspects of um, counterfeit faith in our day, um, or things that maybe were qualities of a counterfeit faith, yeah. it, however you want to put that. Things like good intentions and how those are a very counterfeit um, faithfulness, yeah. right? Like a, a lot of people, and um, I am... I'm not ashamed to say that a lot of young men, especially in myself in my, you know, young twenties, like I always had the best of intentions and the worst to follow through. And that is a counterfeit faithfulness, right? Like, Oh yeah, I intended to do that. Well, unfortunately, like intentions don't pay the bills. Intentions don't develop trust and all those things. And so, um, just being on guard, like whether we are communicating and operating out of a place of what our intentions are, what we would like to do, or if we are communicating and operating out of a place of what faithfulness actually looks like. Yeah. Um, and the other one is this idea of high moral standards, mm-hmm. just having a high morality, a pharisaical spirit, if you will. And Larry Osborne writes a notable book about kind of the, the slippery slope of this called The Accidental Pharisee, that you can have these high moral standards and be a good person and make all these decisions that look good from the outside, but you're actually just converting yourself to being a Pharisee, right? And so these things can look righteous and noble on the surface, but can be really ugly and and um, head down um, the road of being counterfeit faith and right. faithfulness. So those are a couple things that I think could have been fun to dive into, but especially knowing we have this podcast now, like it's super helpful for me in the preparation. Like, ah, we can save that and still get to go through it and discuss it, but it doesn't have to be crammed into a, yeah. to a Sunday morning. Yeah. So. And another one of those counterfeit faiths that, that we had talked about too was the idea of um, like only starting fast, mm-hmm. um, but, but maybe not having a true scope of reality to be able to understand how long you can endure in something. And so you, 
you have this grand idea and you go big, but yeah. it's not something that's sustainable. It's yes. not something that you can actually uh, see prolonged results in. Yeah. And uh, so you're trying to copy what you've seen somebody else do, right. or you're trying to take it to a scale or to a level um, that that's really, you know, if you were to take the time to assess it, you would recognize that's maybe not for me, but you try and you take this grand step. I mean, I, I even just as a leader can can uh, can see times in my life where I see yeah. that, where I've got this big idea and the next thing you know, I'm putting all this time into something that I'm like, man, this just would have been better if I just would have stuck to what was simple and uh, what was more authentic and uh, it, it wouldn't have ended up going the way it did. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good. Mm. All right. Um, final question here. Were there any additional application points or uh, anything else that's kind of come to mind as you've taken the time now to reflect for nearly two days uh, after this message? Yeah, absolutely. I think as we talk about anything in opposition of one another, in this context, it was genuine faith and counterfeit faith for a good part of this message. Um the human condition can tend to sit back and evaluate outward instead of inward, yeah. right? And so this idea of the gospel, like the Bible, and our, our hardships and our challenges and suffering that we go through are meant to be a mirror through which we view like our own faith, not binoculars that we can go checking out everybody else's mm. faith with and making judgment calls and trying to decide what is genuine or counterfeit out there, that our default position as followers of Jesus should always be using the Word of God, the gospel, our trust, hardships, and life experiences as a mirror to reflect on our heart yeah. condition. And there's a conversation to be had there because there is often nuance and tension, right? Like we are called to make disciples, bring accountability within the church and have honest conversations as family. Um, but the reality is God does the weeding, yeah. right? The ultimate outcome of this seemingly oppositional force of counterfeits and genuine faith is not up to us to decide and to be the watchdogs and scope it all out and determine, ah, oh, that's counterfeit. Yeah. Like, and I just I think that's a really important thing for us to to take account of yeah. as as we look at this. Right. And again, I understand that it's nuanced, and you could probably have a couple days of lectures around this concept in the broader context of local church and discipleship and and all of that. Um, but I really believe it's it's not debatable where our default heart posture should be right. on this right. kind of thing. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. But yeah, I mean, I think what, what comes to my mind is that it is easy to critique and to uh, stand and look through a lens of great points like this and say, well, I don't see this in that person's life and all these kinds of things, and then to dub them counterfeit than it is for us to actually like pick up our stuff and go and uh, offer a different way, offer an example of what it should look like. Yeah. And it's easy to stand from the sideline and say like, man, they're not doing that the right way or look how they're counterfeit in this way, um, then actually step up and offer an example and, uh, and, and actually examine our own lives and, and say like, Here's how we should be doing this. Here's yeah. here's the right yeah. way. Yeah. And uh, I think really we live good. in a time where social media and all these things are so quick to call out and to um, 
to, to point out other people's flaws in methods and theology and ideas and different things like that. And, and I think anytime you see that in the Bible, it's typically commanded uh, if there is supposed to be a moment where we're supposed to hold somebody accountable, it's typically in the context of relationships. Yes. It's, it's not meant to be like this, I'm standing from afar just throwing all these shots at you. It's meant to be like, brother, sister, good. here's what I see. Here's what's going wrong. Like, let me help bring you close to back to the heart of how we're supposed to be. And really like, we live in an age where there is that call to accountability without that kind of relational connection that we see in the scriptures when we mm-hmm. see these kinds of commands. Yeah, I think in a, a practical way of just how do we even try to navigate that then in our lives? I think <clears throat> our society, our culture has gotten really good at making statements and yeah. a lot of absolute statements that we have no business making Yes, and really poor at asking good questions. And I say good questions because I'm a parent. I can ask a question that has one answer and it's the answer that I want to hear from you. Like, like asking good questions that will penetrate the heart and hear what is actually happening. That is how we actually facilitate these familial discussions based on depth and credibility and relationship that will actually reveal the heart condition rather than get defenses up and just perpetuate counterfeit faith as like a way of fortifying and protecting our own hearts. And so um, I would encourage you if this is something that man, I really felt compelled to have a conversation with somebody. Please do not make statements. Ask good questions and ask God to reveal the heart condition of yourself and the other person. I believe that yields discipleship. That yields closeness and intimacy and relationship with one another and God. And that yields an extension of God's kingdom against the gates of hell. Mm, That's really good. And I'll just commend you, my friend. That is something I've really benefited Mm. from, from your friendship in my life doing that. Um, it'd probably be really easy in different moments to just say, hey, this is what's going on. But you often choose to say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, can you tell me about the heart of this? Or uh, tell me what you were thinking in, in this situation. And it does lead to such a more authentic connection rather mm-hmm. than just uh, dropping these statements or matter of fact things that avoids all sorts of perspective and connection and um, asking questions gets to the heart of, yeah. of both individuals in the matter. And yeah, I appreciate that. That's really good. Well, what can we look forward to this coming Sunday? What if you've we, thought what that far can, ahead. What can we look forward to? Well, we're going to start out the service with a song of worship. <laughs> we're going to have a prayer, an <laughs> exhortation. We're going to have some more worship through music. No, um, we're going to talk about hope this week. Mm-hmm. And, um, Gosh, I don't want to get too much into Sunday, okay. but like hope is one of those words that has multiple definitions. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about, we're going to distill down to what biblical hope is, not just like, oh, I hope you have a good day hope, but where is our hope grounded because of what mm-hmm. we know is true about the ultimate eternal ending? Yeah. Um, and then what are some pitfalls, false hopes? Yeah. And there's plenty of them, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we might talk about, we will talk about some politics. Um, You know, some of these things that just come up and become a a false hope, something we're placing our hope and our trust in that have no business being in that seat and will only let us down. Mm -hmm. And so I gave too much of a spoiler there, but it's going to be a great Sunday. Um, Hope is something that is so 
necessary and not like a mystical I wish yeah. hope, but a hope that is rooted in the fact that God has already won mm. and uh, living our lives out of that place. Mm. So there we go. I don't even need to show it. up Sunday now. Yeah. It's already you heard, there. You, uh, heard it here first. <laughs> That's Pastor Chris's sermon this Sunday. I'm sure there's going to be so much more. And in the context of this theme of, of living in a Babylon, living in exile, um, it's it's just I, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. I'm yeah. excited. We pray that these deeper dives, as Casey wanted to call them, or these extended cuts, really help you to get rooted in what it looks like to thrive in a modern day Babylon. Yeah, and uh, we're really praying and believing that this material, that this time we're taking to put these together encourages you, edifies you, that you will know or think of someone else who could use this encouragement and that this would edify the body of Christ. Um, that's our hope. That's our heart in this. And so please, if there's something that stood out, like share it, talk about it with somebody. We don't want any of these things to be dead ends. We want them to flow like living water yeah. is supposed to. Amen. Amen. And, and for even more conversation, join a life group. If Grace City Let's is your go. home, Join one of our life group. Men are on Tuesday nights. Women are on Wednesdays. And we have conversations very similar to this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, so, yeah, conversation doesn't even need to end here. We have a, yep. even more extended cuts. There we go. There we go. Well, thanks for listening in. Pray that you have a wonderful week. Share this with someone that you think would be beneficial. Or uh, simply just continue having conversations with your spouse, with your friends, with your kids, whoever it may be. Uh, don't let the conversation stop here. We love you. Have a great week.